Welcome to the Ghost Rap Podcast. It's fast, it's fun, it's informative. This is your weekly dose of the news that matters on the markets with your host, The Finance Ghost. For more details on these stories and to make sure you get daily updates, visit ghostmail.co.za. The Ghost Rap Podcast is proudly brought to you by Mazars, a leading international audit, tax and advisory firm with a national footprint within South Africa. Welcome to the first Ghost Rap of December. Exciting times in South Africa, of course, with the summer holidays just around the corner. But that doesn't mean that the holiday spirit is there on our markets in all these companies we'll be covering today. And we're going to start with Purple Group, since many of you listening to this podcast are Easy Equities clients. Now, as you'll be aware, I've worked pretty closely with them in my journey as a ghost, but I still remained fully independent throughout commenting many times on how I felt the share price was overvalued. Now, I still think we haven't quite seen the bottom yet in that thing, but I will say that the latest revenue results at Purple Group is very impressive in my books. It would be completely unrealistic to have expected significant growth in a year with high inflation, interest rates going to the moon, and South Africans getting smashed by the joy of adulting in a country without electricity. And yet, against this backdrop, their revenue is actually up by 0.8% for the year ended August 2023, and I think that's pretty darn good. Institutional flows with a standout positive performance here, although substantial expenses were needed just to service those flows. Of course, there's also investment in the Philippines at the moment, contributing just over 10% of their expense base. Now, the group has swung from an attributable profit of 44 million rand to an attributable loss of 24.9 million rand, And you can call me crazy if you want, but I think this is one of the most impressive results I've seen from the company. It's really easy to grow when the macroeconomics are fully in your favor, money is basically free and everyone is suddenly an investor. It is much harder to protect your revenue in a downturn. And I think that's what they've done here. And for me, that's a positive sign about the real strength of what they've built so far. The outcome of a terrible year for SPA is that the dividend is a thing of the past. It really has been a nightmare period for the retailer, with turnover growth of 10.1% as the only highlight. Even with double-digit revenue growth, operating profit was butchered from 3.4 billion rand to just 1.8 billion rand. They reckon that 1.4 billion rand of that pain is non-recurring in nature, i.e. most of it. And if we dig deeper, that revenue performance has certainly been helped tremendously by RAND weakness and translating the European results into our currency. So even the top line performance may be not an indication of what's really going on. The South African business is doing what you would expect, which means losing market share to the behemoth that is ShopRite. Turnover was up 5.1% locally and inflation was 9.7%. So volumes were sharply negative. Now, the SAP rollout in KZN cost them 1.6 billion rand in turnover and 720 million rand in lost profits. That was a massive own goal at a time when they could least afford it. And because of that mess, they've written off 94 million rand in build costs because they've had to change approach with the rest of their rollout. With all said and done, HEPS is down 47.7% and there is no dividend as they need to be cautious with the balance sheet. There's new management in place at SPA and hopefully the worst is now behind them. Pepco is generally regarded as a rather defensive play among retailers and to be honest I'm not really sure why because the group does have some businesses that are not defensive. For example they sell building materials in part of their business and furniture in others. Even the clothing businesses are quite capable of having a wobbly as Ackermans has reminded us fairly recently. Now, Pepco's latest results cover the year ended September 2023, and that year includes a 53rd week of trading. In other words, an entire extra week versus the previous period. And even then, revenue was only up by 7.7% year on year, which just isn't enough. 
Operating profit was down 8.1% and HIPS was down by a similar percentage. It's even worse news for the dividend, I'm afraid, which is down 12.9%. Now, the point here is that retail in South Africa remains intensely difficult. The most positive narrative in Pepco is actually Avenida, the business that they acquired in Brazil. And that tells you everything about retail in South Africa at the moment. In such a difficult environment, the market does tend to look for heroes. One of those heroes has been Bidvest, which was having an exceptional year. It is still firmly in the green in 2023, but to a much lesser extent than before, after the market dished out a beating based on the comments at the AGM about trading in the first four months of the new financial year. Bidvest is usually more about the narrative than the numbers in these updates, but the market has learned to really pay attention to what they are saying. And when they use words like muted or a slowdown being greater than anticipated, the market panics. The reality is that even Bidvest cannot protect gross margins in this environment, let alone net margins. They are having to accept some pricing pressure in order to retain B2B contracts. And in the consumer space, spend on durable goods has taken a real knock. Now, the great thing about Bidvest is that the company doesn't sit still. They have executed more acquisitions lately. So investment through the cycle continues here, and that is really important. They are also generally quite good at controlling costs. So we'll see how that gross margin pressure pans out at net margin level. But overall, it's not so easy anymore for Bidvest, and the market obviously didn't like that. I'll finish off with ATAC, which is proof that property can still work out well in South Africa if you own the right portfolio. Location, location, location also applies to REITs. Broad property exposure in a slow economy with high interest rates is just looking for trouble. You need a sniper rifle here, not a shotgun. ATAC is one such rifle, with the group on track to deliver FY24 distributable income per share growth of 8% to 10%, and that's impressive, especially when you read how a lot of other property funds are doing. Now, this has been pushed along greatly by double-digit growth in trading density, which is sales per square meter at its tenants. But there are still headaches at ATAC, specifically in Nigeria and Ghana, with well-documented macroeconomic challenges. Their investment in listed group MAZ is also an annoyance, with the share price having made up some ground recently, but still way below where it was when that company announced the suspension of its dividend. Thankfully, the core ATAC portfolio, like the waterfall area in Midrand, is good enough and big enough to pull everything up into the green. And that's more than a lot of property funds can say right now. And that's a wrap. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Ghost Rap podcast should be taken as advice. Please do your own research and visit ghostmail.co.za for more insights into the market.